If you are feeling that nudge inside of you telling you that you are meant for something more or that life is not meant to be this massive slugfest, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the Breaking Free with Lindsay podcast. I am Lindsay and I am so glad you're here because here we talk about breaking free from what we quote unquote should be doing or from how we're told it needs to be done so we can follow that whisper inside of us that is really calling us forward, that is pulling us forward to be our most authentic self and live the life that is on our heart. So this is all about shedding those fears, the limiting beliefs, the expectations that have been placed on you by society, your family, yourself, everything that is holding us back and really living this free and beautiful life that we are meant to live. So if you are enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star review. It would really help me out and it would help others find it. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Let's talk about my experience learning to ride a motorbike in Bali because there's actually a lot of really great life lessons in this story of me struggling to learn this seemingly easy task, or at least I thought it was an easy task. Um, I did not expect it to be challenging. I looked around at all of the tourists and expats that were doing it that would just, you know, go rent a bike, get a two-minute instruction of like, this is the gas, this is the brake type of thing, and go. And it seemed like it should be really, really easy. But it was not easy for me. So the first thing that happened is I ended up, I I did a two-hour lesson because riding a motorcycle of any kind terrified the shit out of me. It was something that I have had no desire throughout my lifetime to learn. I have been on a motorcycle prior to going to Bali. I'd been on a motorcycle once and it was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life, even though I was with a good driver and they weren't like, he wasn't doing anything stupid. It was just that, you know, being exposed, that, that going at that speed and being exposed and one small thing could mean like have disastrous consequences. So it's something that I never thought I would ever learn. But the thing about being in Bali is really that like motorcycles, motorbikes are really the primary mode of transportation. And there's actually a lot of roads that cars can't go down and only motorcycles can. And it's a cheap form of transportation. And it seemed like something that, you know, I could, I could get by in Bali, I'm sure without learning to drive a motorbike, but it would make my life a lot harder, especially with kids. So it was something that I really, really have had a strong desire to learn just to just for the purposes of living in Bali, just to make our lives as simple as possible. And that was one of my primary drivers for actually going to Bali for two months without my kids. It wasn't the only driver, but it was one of the primary ones because I wanted to I knew this was terrifying. This was a terrifying thing to me. And the idea of putting two my my two kids my two precious babies on a motorcycle with me um just like up leveled like next leveled the the terror factor on this so I really wanted to become competent I wanted to have lots of practice at riding a motorbike 
driving a motorbike before ever putting my kids on it. And yes, I could have done this with my kids there. I could have, you know, either put them on or just always taking cars and then practice while they were at school or elsewhere. But it was, it was something that I felt like I needed to do. I felt like I needed these, these two months. Um, Like I said, it was not the only reason I went, but it was one of the primary driving factors to become competent, to sort of minimize the risk of you know, crashing a motorbike and injuring my kids. Um, So to me, the the stakes were very high. So when I arrived in Bali for these two months, one of my first things that I did within the first few days um, or week that I was there was I took... um, took a a lesson and I wanted to just get on a bike right away and start practicing because you know there's (laughs) I only had so much time and this was one of my major goals so I did the lesson and the lesson went really well I felt good and the next day I rented a bike for myself and through the following four days I had a near crash every single day and some of them were not my fault it was just you know someone cutting me off or um but I had one near miss every day and (laughs) there's there's a little bit more to this story in the fact that like there was several where it was like um there was some divine intervention uh in terms of making me not be able to steer my bike um there was no mechanical issues um I had this this problem where you know once a day I would struggle to turn right whether it was a corner or around a bend that was curving right it was fascinating to me um, because I was able to do it every other time and the first couple days I was just like oh you know what like that was close but I was able to navigate it it was totally fine like I was really sort of in a state of like oh I handled that that was like that's good and by the third time I was starting to get a little bit shaken. I'm by the fourth time I was in tears. Like I was so shaken up and it was actually, you know, we talk about divine intervention. I was, um, it happened on my way to an appointment with my friend Shams who does channeling. And if you don't know what channeling is, think of like Abraham Hicks, you're getting messages from the divine. And we spent half of my appointment talking about this freaking motorbike and how, um, And just like everything it triggered in me um, from feeling not good enough to feeling like I was falling behind. Why was everyone else able to do it? And I couldn't. And it brought up so much in me. Um, And like I said, at the beginning of this, this episode, like, you know, those are all um, things that, you know, aren't just specific to the motorbike. Those are things that are. I don't want to say undercurrents to many areas of my life, but they're definitely undercurrents, these feelings of not good enough, these feelings of falling behind. And, you know, it triggered all this stuff from childhood, um, which, you know, as I was doing that one-on-one session, it was really annoying because I'm just like, I don't care about the childhood stuff. I need to learn how to drive this bike. Um, (laughs) So that was me sort of resisting the message that was there for me in this this experience but then the advice was take a break take a break from from driving this bike and I resisted that as well I didn't want that right like I was there to learn how to do this safely and 
you know, all of my experience with facing fears told me that I needed to get back on the bike and continue. But all of my experience with, you know, manifestation and law of attraction told me that if I was terrified to get on the bike and nervous, that was not, I was just going to bring in more situations that made me terrified and nervous. And I didn't want, I didn't want, um, to wait for a crash before I finally heeded the messages. So I reluctantly returned my motorbike a couple days earlier than expected. And the timing worked out where I was, you know, going to be traveling down the coast a little bit, hitting up some beach towns. And I just kind of, you know, had some good cries and, you know, just these, all these feelings of inadequacies came up in me. And I kind of, I took a break and I was just feeling into what felt right. And I thought maybe on a quieter island where there was not much traffic, I would be comfortable getting out. Nope, that was not the case. Um, And it wasn't until a full week later where I arrived in a different town, a different beach town. And I felt that intuition, that, that voice inside of me saying, rent a bike tomorrow here's like rent a bike. And I was like, I don't know. Are you sure? Like, like having this (laughs) dialogue with myself and I was like, rent a bike, rent a bike. And so I did. And I went excruciatingly slow. I went so slow, but it was fine because there was no traffic. There was lots of big S bends and hills that I could practice on. And I just took my sweet time And I slowly gained more confidence and I was there for, I think, three days and I didn't have any near misses in those three days. I just went insanely slow, slow and steady, and I started gaining some confidence. And then I was able to, from there on in, um, have a motorbike for the rest of the time for the next month and a half Now, it's funny, funny, not funny. Okay, I never crashed it, but I did drop it. I did have a couple more um, incidents where I scraped myself, where, um, you know, I broke the the handbrake and had to get it fixed. Um, So it was like I was gaining confidence and then something would happen and it shook me. And as I experienced this, these feelings of, you know, self-doubt crept back in, um, feelings of inadequacy crept back in. And I remember, um, dropping my bike on the way to meet some friends. So I showed up and I was scraped. I I didn't actually fall. It just, (laughs) I was, um, coming down some stairs and there, there's like a small, um, like a tire size ramp in the middle of the stairs and I was only down like three or four steps but I just went too slow down that um and I just I I tipped the bike so I didn't fall but I was I was scraped up so I had to clean myself up when I got to the restaurant was as I was going through this and experiencing this um the friends that I met met up with and who I was chatting with throughout all of this, um, I started to hear their stories of how years ago 
they were, you know, it was three years before they got on a motorcycle or, oh, I used to drop my bike all the time. Um, or there was one time my back end skidded out and my kids fell off. Um, and I started to really notice how inaccurate the story was in my head that everybody else, this was able to come easy to everybody else. There was really, that was my own belief and the own story that I made up. And there were so many people that I encountered that either had real accidents that, you know, they had to go to the doctor or the hospital for, or where they've had mishaps, like this type of stuff that was happening to me, or they just let fear stand in their way for years. And it really made me First of all, it reassured me that there was nothing wrong with me, but it also really made me realize that all of the, like my whole perception of this is easy. Why is it coming easily to everybody else? I feel like I'm falling behind. Everyone else seems to be getting it and not me. What's wrong with me? All of that, that was playing out in my mind was inaccurate. Yes, there's probably some people that it did come easy to, but there was a lot of stories where there was struggle and there was accidents and there were um, fears and it was not the story that I was telling myself. It was not a story of it coming easy to everybody else and not me. It didn't come easy to a lot of people. And I think that when we often look around at other people succeeding, we tend to make assumptions that it came easily to them. It's not coming easily to me. What's wrong with me? And I can even like think about this in business. I can think about this in relationships and like going through a marriage that has failed. Um, I can think about this in so many different aspects of my life And I can recognize through this motorbike experience the beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves aren't often accurate. And this story is really one of learning to trust myself, to trust that I can go at my own pace and it is fine. I will still get there. I will still get towards my destination, but I don't have to go as fast as what I perceive everybody else, um, the speed that everybody else is going at. I don't have to go as fast as them. I can go as slow as I need to. It doesn't mean anything about me that I'm struggling along the way those feelings of not good enough that this motorbike incident triggered, they are feelings that sort of radiate into so many aspects of my life. And this, this incident um, or this, these series of incidents were really there to highlight some of that, that underlying stuff, (laughs) those underlying beliefs, those underlying insecurities in me. And life has a really beautiful way, (laughs) somewhat terrifying way sometimes of 
getting our attention. And as much as, and, and I knew this even in my first week on that motorbike where I had the, the four near misses four days in a row, um, I knew that 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 was life's way of trying to tell me something and I needed to pay attention because life serves us up these circumstances and situations to get our attention so we can look inward and heal and this was just one of those experiences and I would have loved for it to be in a less dangerous way but I was also very happy um, that I listened before I got in an actual accident um, because other people need the accident. And sometimes, I guess, in other situations in life, I might need that full-blown accident to say, hey, wake up, pay attention. You've been missing all of these signals we, we've been trying to. This is the universe talking, life talking. We've been trying to get your attention so you can reflect on this, so you can heal, so you can move past these insecurities but you haven't been paying attention and then life will just keep upping the ante, 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 <laughs> ante until you finally listen and pay attention. That's why so often we can go, go, go full steam ahead and then we get sick and that's the only way we rest. Like these are things that happen in our lives to get our attention so we can reflect and heal. So I hope this story, I hope you can gain some insight and perspective in this, in this story, in this um, experience that I had, knowing that whether you're perceiving yourself as falling behind or not good enough or not measuring up where everyone else seems to have it easy, know that that just might be a story that you're telling yourself that might not be accurate in any way, shape or form. And that life might be serving you up, these situations, these circumstances, these people coming into your life to help you reflect and heal so you can move forward, so you can go after your dreams, so you can make changes in your life, whatever it is that you're working towards. And in this case with the motorbike, it was me really going after my dreams of like, I want to live in Bali and driving this motorbike is essential for, you know, essentially essential. (laughs) For, for my life there and so I have to face this fear in order to get my dreams and oh by the way this experience is also going to trigger a whole bunch of other things inside of me that will also serve me to following my dreams and building my dream life so um, I hope that helps you today and I will talk to you before you go I want to share one quick thing with you that is changing my life If you're like me and you want more quality time with your family, or you're realizing that your current salary isn't quite giving you as much wiggle room as it used to, or you wanna educate your kids outside of the system without it having huge financial impacts on your family, then I would love to share what I am doing to earn money because money equals choice. I have a free webinar that talks about the high ticket affiliate marketing business that I'm in, which is a business that when done right is one that can give you massive amounts of time and financial freedom. So if this at all intrigues you head over to breakingfreewithlindsay.com forward slash learn to learn more. And I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and thank you so much for listening.